Let's see your Bibles on three. One, two, three, say word. word. Very good. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> First book, New Testament, verse six, chapter 6. There was a guy at an AA meeting, Alcoholics Anonymous, and during the meeting he was giving testimony to his life, how he was a drunk for many years, messed up many relationships, was unfavorable to his wife, horrible father. And then he started explaining why he lived that way, and he said, because my dad was an alcoholic, my dad was a horrible father, a horrible husband, and that's why I'm an alcoholic. Ironically, he had a twin brother and never had a drink in his life, was a faithful father and a faithful husband. And they said, why, why don't you drink? You're sober all the time. You never even take a sip of alcohol. You're a great uh, dad. And he says, because my father was an alcoholic. He was, he was a horrible dad. He was unfaithful to his wife. And both these guys had the same experience, but they had completely different lives. And one chose to live one way and the other chose to live another way. Sometimes people hear the word of God, it goes in and it does nothing to them. No fruit, devil comes, steals it away for whatever reason, they don't believe it. Come to church, Christmas, Easter, or come to church every other week. It has no impact on your life. And other people hear the word and they just get saved. Their life is transformed. They become a humble man, a woman of God. And it's really about what you choose to do. What if you really did what God told you to do? What if you really prayed? What if you really read the Bible? What if you really served? What if you really tithed? What if you really did what God said would bring you blessing? What do you think would happen? Well, God would be faithful, but you just don't trust him. I want to challenge us to be better for God. Some of you are visiting from out of town. You go to other churches. Be better for God wherever you live. Be better for God because he deserves the best we have. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And, and I've been challenging you to pray 15 minutes a day. And every week I put a form on the back of the lesson plan to guide you through prayer. And you can use that form to pray for an hour, five hours, or 15 minutes, or whatever it is. And we're going to go through that form, but I really want to encourage you to pray. What we have planned for next year in our church, God has amazing opportunities for us. But we can't do it unless we all work together better. And more importantly, we serve God better. Because it's not about us, it's about him. And so what if we really did what God told us to do and took what he gave, his offering us and his relationship with him and his word and prayer and really did what he said and allowed him to guide us more than we can ever ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. That would happen in our life. But a lot of times we choose to be about us what I want, what I think is right, what I want to get. And we put God over here. And we decide to make up our own rules. And so today I want to challenge you in, as we pray, to be honest with yourself about your relationship with God. Because I'm going to tell you I want to be better. And I'm going to be better next year. God deserves better from me in every area of my life, in every area we're going to talk about here today. And I want to challenge you in the same way. Don't accept what you were this year. I would challenge you to be better every year for the rest of your life. Uh, we, we had a tithe challenge. We asked people to tithe 10% of the income for 90 days. And then if they weren't satisfied, we'd give them the money back. We did this at the beginning of the year. And out of 1,400 people, three people asked for their money back. And one of them said, I was blessed. I just want my money back. 
I don't know, he had some other reason, but it wasn't, it wasn't because he wasn't blessed. It wasn't because God didn't honor his word. But what happened was a lot of people after 90 days stopped tithing. They think, well, I did it for 90 days, that's it. No, newsflash, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And when we finish this series, it's about praying. It's a lifestyle. Coming to church on time. Coming to everything, making all your appointments on time. It's a lifestyle. So let's, let's be better for God and not play church. Playing church is I'll just, you know, put in my time. Amen. So let's, we're going to pray that today. So we're going to go to the Lord's Prayer and we're going to pray through the Lord's Prayer. First thing Jesus told us to do in the Lord's Prayer. First thing Jesus to do, told us to do when we pray is to acknowledge the Father in heaven. It says in verse 9, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First thing you want to do when you pray is you want to acknowledge that God is in heaven. He is our Father, wants to be our Father, by the way. And his name is holy. His name is indication of his character, his identity. His name is holy. Elohim, Yahweh, the Lord, Yahweh, Elohim, Lord God. Yahweh, Jireh, the Lord who provides. Yahweh, Rafika, the Lord who heals. You are holy. So before you ask anything, before you uh, ask for forgiveness, complain to God about anything, the first thing you want to do is acknowledge that he is holy. Now, before we pray, how many of you will acknowledge that you are not as holy as God? Okay. Let me, let me, how many of you, know, you acknowledge that you are not holy at all? Okay. <laughs> very good. Very good. And how many of you, you would acknowledge that God is holy and he is the heavenly father? Amen. Amen. So the first thing we want to do when we pray, we'll just do this for a minute and I'll guide you in a prayer, is we're just going to thank God. And we use an acronym called OSIPA. Everyone say OSIPA. OSIPA is spelled A-W-C-I-P-A, and the A means admire. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to admire and praise God. And why this is so important to do is that you want to put God up there above all your problems, and you want to remind yourself that you do not live under circumstances. You live under the grace of God. You do not live under circumstances. Well, under the circumstances. I'm not under the circumstances. I'm under the grace of God. And so the first thing I want to do is acknowledge that God is in heaven and that all my problems are below God. And I'm not living under the weight of my problems. I live under the grace of God. You need to remind yourself of that because you can wake up every day with pressure on your life thinking, I got to do this, I got to do this. I have all this stuff going on in my life. And God's saying, you're, you're thinking about the wrong thing. You should be thinking about how powerful I am and how faithful I am and how loving I am. So the first thing you do when you pray, and by the way, I would encourage you to, to pray before you open your eyes in the morning because you, you wake up before you open your eyes. If you ever think about that, you're in bed and before you open your eyes, you're awake. And you realize you're awake and then you open your eyes. It, it sounds like this. I'm awake. Okay. So what you can do is, I'm awake. Okay, don't open your eyes. Dear God, before I even look at my day, I want to thank you. It's a great discipline to have. I do it every day. Okay, not that you have to do it because I do it, but just do it. Okay, look what it says in your notes. First step, A, admiration and praise. It's right there in your notes. Admiration and praise or appreciation with praise. This is very simple. You're going to complete this sentence. Yahweh Elohim means the Lord God. I praise you for blank. I thank you for blank. Don't ask for anything. Don't confess anything. Don't complain about anything. Just thank God for whatever 
you can think about. And if you find yourself not being able to thank God for a bunch of stuff, that means you have given yourself the credit for it. Lord, thank you for our breath. Thank you for our church. Spend a minute to yourself with your spouse, your family, thanking God. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for the good that comes out of our problems. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Excuse me. Verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, the next thing Jesus said to do after you acknowledge that God is in heaven is that you want to ask him for thy will to be done, not my will, thy will to be done. And that the standard in heaven, the standard of love, the love standard in heaven, which is perfect love, the health standard in heaven, which is perfect health, the peace standard, God's plan for my life, which is very clear in his mind, I want that to be reality here. How many of you have a situation in your life that's not going the way you want Raise your hand real high, real high. Now keep your hand up and look around the room. Welcome to human, humanity. <laughs> With that situation, you could say, God, I want this. God, I need this. I get, you, could ha you could state your case all day long, and that's fine. As long as in the end and the beginning you say, Lord, not my will. It's not about me. Everyone say it's not about me. <laughs> it's not. And as much as sometimes we think we know what's best, God, thy will be done. It is so much, it relieves so much pressure when you can aggressively go after God's will, trusting God's will would happen, and whether it's what you like or not, if it doesn't go the way you want, then you should be confident to know that God has a better plan. So you can let it go. This is so liberating. That thing you want, that thing, that situation that's not going your way, dear God, this is what I want. I think it's unfair, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't like this person. Lord, uh, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help me see it your way. Help it. I, I pray it would happen your way. I want to accept your way. That saves me a lot of stress in my life. 
especially when you're in the midst of a trial and something, and when I say trial, a, a, a bad, heavy, difficult circumstance. Lord, whatever you want, that's what I want. Because when you start to try to fix it yourself, it brings so much stress in your life because you're trying to control something you can't. So you end up exerting all this internal energy and nothing's changing because you can't. Thy will be done. So let, let me look, look at our notes. Look what it says. In our notes it tells us, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, uh, Yahweh is salvation. Uh, may thy will be done in blank. My relationship, my career, whatever it is, Lord, I pray your will. So let's pray right now. And I want you to think of circumstances in your life that are not going your way or in someone else's life that you want his will to be done. And we're going to pray for his will to be done. Dear Lord, we pray your will would be done in our church. That when you look at our church, we will be doing what you want us to be doing, saying what you want us to be saying, praying what you want us to be praying for. Pray for God's will to be done in your life. Lord, thank you that your will is perfect. Thank you that your plans for our life are perfect. And that if we cry to you, you will tell us great mighty things we don't know that are all according to your will. I pray we would ask that, seek that, desire your will to be done, that thy kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Next one, verse 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Let's read that out loud together on three, one, two, three. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, you can read that as, Lord, I want you to feed my stomach every day. But sometimes we go on a fast. We're going to go on a fast next year. We're not going to eat certain days. How about this? Lord, feed my soul every day. My bread, Jesus said his bread was to do the will of the Father. So we're going we're to pray that God's presence and his spiritual food would feed us. That every day you would be fed to the full spiritually. And you have to do that yourself. Hopefully you're not just coming to church expecting this to be your spiritual filling all week. It's not designed to be. You have to do that. And so what we're going to pray is, Lord... 
May, we know you are present, but we want your presence to fill us, to feed us, to transform us, to guide us, to inform us, to reveal stuff to us. Lord, we want to interact with your presence. And my, my prayer for you is that you would walk in God's presence, acknowledging his presence, being guided by his presence all the time, at work, at school, in the middle of an argument. Lord, speak to me, because I don't want to go postal. I need to acknowledge your presence. I, I, so, Lord, be my daily sustenance, my energy, my nutrition spiritually. So we're going to pray that you're going to pray for yourself for God's presence to overwhelm you, to guide you, to transform you, for you to acknowledge it, for you to recognize it, for you to know it, and that his presence would fill you, that he would be your spiritual food, and that he would fill you every day. You think, I got to have my coffee. What about I got to have my God? <laughs> you know people, they get up, they go, I got to have my coffee, but they can do without God all day long. That's backwards. I, I need God. That's why before you open your eyes, Lord, I acknowledge your presence. And when I get out of this bed, I want to follow you to wherever I'm going. So let's pray right now for God's presence, his daily bread. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would fill us with your presence, that you would make your presence known. Lord, we acknowledge that you're here, and we pray you make yourself known to us. And Lord, I pray that you would spiritually feed and guide us, that we would put us in a ourselves in a position to be spiritually fed every day, and that we would take the effort to be spiritually full every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse 12. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We need to intercede for other people. Um, how many of you have someone in your life you need to forgive? Real high. Okay. Oh, you can leave your hand up because the next question applies to you as well. How many of you need to be forgiven by somebody else? Oh, yeah, more hands than that. Oh, look at that. Look at that. You know what this verse says? It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Lord, in other words, if I kind of forgive people, but I hold a grudge and talk about them, you could do the same thing to me. If I kind of forgive people and I talk about them anyway, but I tell them I forgive them, you could do the same thing to me. Matter of fact, I expect it. 
But since you forgave me like 100% and, and don't remember my sin anymore, Lord, I want to be able to do that with other people. So, one, cleanse me of my sinfulness because my unforgiveness is my issue. Everybody say my unforgiveness is my issue. Ooh. Ooh. So, Lord, please forgive me. And by the way, some wise person wants to tell me repentance has no defense. You don't repent and ask for forgiveness from God and then say but. In other words, yeah, God, I punched him in the face, but. So, uh, no, I punched him in the face and it was wrong. Even though he punched you in the face before. I'm not saying punch someone in the face after they punch you is not necessarily the right thing to do if you're trying to defend yourself. I'm not saying that. But sometimes we lash at people and we have a justifying excuse for our something we did wrong when really we weren't justified. You know, Lord, I shouldn't have never talked behind their back. It doesn't matter that they talk behind my back. I was wrong. And all I can do is deal with me. In, in March, we're going to go through a whole series on sharing your faith and sharing your testimony and leading people to the Lord. Because all y'all should be able to share your faith standing in line at the store. In a minute. Boom, 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 boom. In a minute. 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, I used to play for the Chargers. I did cocaine. It was all messed up. And someone told me Jesus loved me. And I gave my life to Christ. I stopped doing cocaine in one day. You want to ask Jesus to be your Savior? <laughs> you should be able to do that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And you may say, well, what's someone going to get out of that? You know what your testimony in Revelation 12, 10 says your testimony can overcome the works of the, the power of the devil. The Holy Spirit goes, ba-bam. <laughs> Tell you a quick story, real quick. I just blew my mind. A real quick story because our time run out. Six years ago, I did a wedding for a young girl that I know since she was this big. Her cousin was at the wedding. Her cousin I met. How you doing? She, you know, whatever. The girl's 20-something. Her cousin was around the same age, I assume. How you doing? We didn't really talk. I don't remember meeting the girl. The girl's not a believer. Six years later, the girl has a dream. I'm in the dream. We're on a plane. We stand up in the plane, and I look at her. And I say, you understand that it's all true or something like that. Uh, I got this third hand. You understand? I, I, I might have shared the gospel with her real quick, but I, in the end, I said, you, under, you believe this is true, don't you? You know it's true. And she got the gospel in the dream. She tells her aunt, do you remember the pastor who did your daughter's wedding? She, she only met me that one time six years ago. He was in my dream, and I now realize, she's saying this to her aunt, that everything you told me about Jesus is true. I want to get saved. She gets saved. Now, it gets even, it's, even, it's even more freaky than that. She says, he was sitting someone next to someone who's really close to him that's in law enforcement, which is a random thought, but my son's a cop. She doesn't know that. So my point is this, you tell someone your testimony, you have no idea what the Holy Spirit is going to do a year later, five years, ten years later, but you need to say it. But how are you going to do that if you have attitude with people? This person in your life that you need to forgive may be the person that you need to share the gospel with. And how are you going to get blessed by God when you got attitude with people? Dear God, I can't stand them, but I want you to love me. God, the Bible says you can't love God who you haven't seen if you can't love your brother who you see. So we're going to pray now. Lord, I forgive X. Please forgive me and I forgive them. This is all about forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me for the things that I say, do, and think that I shouldn't do and cleanse me that they would never happen again.
Lord, fill our heart with your forgiveness. Help us to recognize how you, the degree to which you have forgiven us, and let that forgiveness flow through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Whew. Everyone say power. power. And Jesus rose from the dead. He said, all, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. We have the authority and the power to exercise over our sin, over spiritual bondage in our life. How many of you would say that there is an habitual sin in your life or you're in bondage to some sin? It could be pornography, it could be drugs, it could be lying, it could be gossip, it could be thoughts of low self-esteem, critical thoughts, something that you just can't, it just keeps coming back and you want to be set free. Anybody? Anybody? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, let me do that one more time. Raise your hand real high and keep it up for a second and look around the room. You're not alone. And, and, and leave your hand up, just please, I'm sorry, hopefully your deltoids can handle a few seconds. Uh, the deltoids, these muscles right here. Um, the devil loves this. He's like, yeah, look at all your people I got in bondage. Now put your hands down. We're going to pray God breaks it, amen? amen? So, I used to do cocaine every day. Oh, I shouldn't have every day. I used to do cocaine regularly, smoke weed regularly, do a bunch of stuff. And I don't do it anymore. And a lot of times we can accept that we can stop these sins, but we can't accept we can stop these sins. And we've almost talked ourselves into being a sinner because we say, well, I'm human, so I'm going to be a sinner. So I'll just, I got to hold on to some sin to legitimize myself as a sinner. Do you, are you following what I'm saying? And even a preacher will tell you, you're going to sin the rest of your life. That may be true, but let's not think about it. Let's not convince ourselves of it. Be ye perfect. I don't do cocaine ever anymore. Well, why can't that apply to other stuff? It can. It can. So don't hold on to stuff just to say, well, I'm a, I got to hold on to something. Let's try to be holy. Holy means set aside, by the way. It doesn't mean perfect. It means set aside for a, per, a specific purpose. And when you set aside yourself just for God's purpose, he does stuff in your life. So we're going to pray that God's power will be exercised in your life. To set you free from whatever you raise your hand to. Just one thing at a time. Amen. And then after we're praying, I'm going to pray for some of y'all to get healed too. So let's all bow our heads and pray. What does that mean? We'll see. Pray. Bow your heads and pray. Lord, we pray for power that you would deliver us from the evil one. Lord, set people free right now from spiritual bondage, from chemical bondage, from emotional bondage. Set them free. Ask God to set you free. Lord, one of the ways you exercise your power through us is to heal people. And if you have an ailment, a, a sickness, a disease, an injury that you would like God to heal, I would love to pray for you 
And it's possible God will heal you today. So if you have something going on in your life that you want healing for, just raise your hand up real high. Or even someone you know, just raise your hand up real high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you. You can put your hands down. Lord, we, we command all that, that illness to be gone. All the disease to be gone. The injuries. We pray that's what's broken you would heal. What's crooked you would make straight. What's wrong you would make right. That you would bring healing to joints, organs. You remove cancer. You would heal broken hearts, discouraged hearts, depression, suicide. We pray you remove it in Jesus' name. We command it to be gone. Any spirit of infirmity in people, in Jesus' name, we command you to be gone out of their life. If you have a way of testing whether your injury is healed or feels better, touch it, move it, wiggle it, whatever it is. If you feel like God has healed you, even right now, just slip your hand up real high if you could test it and feel it. We would love to know and praise God with you. Just slip your hand up real high. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be shocked. This is what God does. God bless you. 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 Very good. Lord, thank you so much for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. If you, are, if you are a visitor and you go, you know, what was that all about? Did people really get healed? Well, God doesn't, God, I don't have any power, so it doesn't matter for me to yell, scream, whatever, because it's all his power anyway. But we have the authority to ask. And then he does it. And so we're going to do a whole series on that in, 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 I believe, May or right after Easter. And we're going to talk about it. It's, and the whole series, 99% of the series we're going to teach on healing and the power of God is to convince you that you have access to it. And 1% is going to tell you how to do it. It's real simple. All you got to do is ask. But you have to be convinced that you can ask with confidence. Amen? If God healed you uh, and touched you, and, and by the way, if you prayed for somebody while I was praying that's not here, call them up when you get out of here and see if God healed them. And if you got healed for whatever reason, tell as many people as you know and give credit to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Lastly, verse 13, it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. Um, God is God forever. Everyone say for. E-V-A, ever. Isn't it so good that no one in this room is God? Look to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're not God. <laughs> How many of you know someone who acts like God? How many of you, think, how many of you know someone who thinks they're God? Ooh. How many of you... Have acted like God. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that you are God. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Mark to come out. He's going to sing a song with us uh, real quick and, and, and all the campuses together. Um, we, we need to praise God for being God. Your life is not going to go the way you want. But if you trust God, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What that means is that if you continue to love God, which means obey God, if you continue to trust him and obey him, everything works out. Now, he will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. You, even though you walk down the, gold, the yellow brick road, you'll go through some nasty times. But you will end up getting home. Amen. 
Pastor Mark. So what pa- Pastor Mark's going to do is we're going to, we're all, all the campuses, we're going to sing something together a cappella. And the reason I brought him, because he sings, and I don't. Well, I'm sorry, I, I was incorrect. He sings well, and I don't. So, God loves to hear me sing, but I don't know that you would necessarily love to hear me sing. <laughs> he sings from the heart, and that's what matters to the Lord. Can we, can we stand together all the campuses as well, if you're at the microsites as well? We just want to sing Jesus at the center together. And, uh, you can lift your hands, close your eyes if that helps. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters nothing in this world will do Jesus you're the center Jesus you're the center everything revolves around you Jesus you from my heart from my heart to the head you say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Well, we thank you so much. We thank you so much that this is all about you. And I pray that every day we can pray that our hearts may be reminded of that. It's not about any of us. And I pray for all our campuses. I pray next year we can be better for you that we can surrender more of ourselves to you, that we can walk hum- more humbly before you, that we would walk more in unity together, that we would be honest with each other instead of talking about each other, we talk to each other. And that we would be mature enough to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Lord, you want to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. But we need to be ready for that blessing. We need to be prepared for that blessing. 